God bless you tonight. We praise God for each and every one of you that have joined in tonight with us with Living the Word. Um, let's have a word of prayer before we go into our lesson on tonight. God, tonight we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, all that you've done, what you're going to do. I pray that your blessings of the Lord be upon your people and the hearers of your word. You give us, you have given us the power of asking. And there's something in the asking. So we can't demand anything from you, God, but we can ask you. Will you touch the hearers of your word tonight? And God, uh, let us be active and not only hear, but doers also. And we'll praise you, give you all the glory. Bless those that are traveling tonight, come into the house, or come into the session on tonight. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Um, get your Bibles, my brothers and sisters. Get, get your Bibles. And turn with me to the um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to look at a couple of verses there. Verses 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. Let's read it together. Know ye not that which they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as that one that just beat at the air. But I keep under my body and bring it un into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. On tonight, my brothers and sisters, we want to talk about spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines. And uh, we'll be looking at three words, but I'm going to focus in on, uh, out of the three, one main word. The three words tonight is control, write, write this down someplace, control, habits, and routine. Control, habits, and routines. Let's first look at the word control. When we find the word control, control the source, control, um, there's yeah, maybe six areas that can demonstrate or be the source of control, which is a switch. power, maybe a jurisdiction, an ecclesiastic jurisdiction, maybe um, management in an office um, with the corporation, business, um, handling, also control, and skillfulness, control. So that's control. Now let's look at the word habits. What are habits? Habits are behaviors, practices, routines, patterns, fixations. That's habits. And the last word we want to look at is routines. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what we'll, we'll be talking about quite a bit tonight, um, is now, is the word routines. Now, routines are procedures, practices, sequences, and schedules. I want to repeat the words of routine over again. Procedures practices, 
sequences, and schedules. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, I want to look at verse 24. And that's a key Bible verse tonight in our lesson tonight. Um, again, we want to deal with spiritual discipline. My brothers and sisters, you that have um, um, went with us and came along with us in that in the 30-day consecration throughout the whole month of January, what an awesome experience. What a great move of God. And the Lord uh, gave me to tell the saints, um, Miracle Central family, um, as we're spread out across um, the states, to speak life in 2023. And so we, we, we turned our plates down and pushed our plates back. And we've had a 30-day of fasting and praying and consecration for 30 days. And um, in that, I, my prayer is that we would have gotten some spiritual discipline from the month of January. Now these, not just... And we, we, yes, we gave God our first of the year. Um, the whole month of January, we gave it back to God. And I pray that the disciplines that we did um, have and are gained um, will take us through the rest of the year. I said, we'll speak life. Because I choose to believe God. We'll speak life over our health, over our finances over our families and over our spiritual man. So when you look at um, habits and routines, we should have picked up some habits now. We should have picked up some habits. All right? And um, we should have had some, some practices. In, we were in a routine because we, uh, God bless us to rise up at 6 o'clock in the morning to have cor corporate prayer. And we moved from 6 o'clock corporate prayer. And we moved into the 12 o'clock going into our individual prayer closets. And then we came back at 6 o'clock in the evening for corporate prayer. So we should have had gained some routines through our fast and consecration to take us and carry us throughout this year. So when you look at um, 1 Corinthians that chapter 9, verse 24, he talks about, and the Apostle Paul talks about to the Corinthian church, he brings up um, a race. My brothers and sisters, in a race, everyone runs in a race. Those that have uh, are in that race, those that have, they have practiced, they have did their due diligence in preparing for the race. In a race, everyone runs. We're talking like the track meet. We're talking about the physical running, like in the Olympic, in the Olympics, the, the, the track side. In that race, everyone runs, but only one person gets first prize. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, it says, so you run your race to win. Come on, tell yourself, I'm running this race to win. We're not playing with the enemy, praise Jesus. We're not playing with the enemy. We're not playing with ourselves. We really are in this race to win. And in that, my brothers and sisters, we must galvanize ourselves and we must now prepare ourselves with spiritual disciplines. My brothers and sisters, spiritual discipline helps us effectively run the race. So what am I saying? Winning a race requires purpose and discipline. Hear me out. Winning a race requires purpose and it requires discipline. 
So the Apostle Paul uses this illustration to explain that leadership also takes hard work. It takes self-denial and it takes a grueling preparation. If you're in leadership, if we're in ministry, in leadership, if we're just laity, all of us, my brothers and sisters, wherever we are working in Christian dome, that area that God has placed up, placed us, we must apply hard work, self-denial, and a grueling preparation. So running towards a heavenly reward. So it's necessary um, that we must have disciplines of prayer. We must have Bible study and we must have worship. We must have prayer, Bible study, and worship. That will um, equip us to run with strength and determination. Listen, we, 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 we are not sitting in a type of grandstand. God did not save us. Listen to me well. God did not save us to sit someplace in the grandstand and look at others, upon others. We just don't observe from the grandstand. Um, we don't run the race from the grandstand, huh? And you just don't run a race by coming out. You're coming out just to do a couple of jogs, a couple of laps each morning. No, 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 no. We must train diligently. Why? Because our spiritual progress depends upon our training, huh? So, spiritual discipline, spiritual discipline. What happens? My brothers and sisters, spiritual discipline, it helps us to focus on spiritual goals. Spiritual discipline, Help us to focus on spiritual goals. Huh? There should be goals that we must achieve. Now listen, listen, praise Jesus. If you don't have goals yourself, God has already given us goals to achieve. And to achieve these goals that God has given us, given each and every believer, huh? We must have discipline. We must be focused. So each, um, well, at, at, at times, we um, have to give up something good. Hear me out. There's times that we must give up something good in order to do what God wants. Right there, we put brakes on. Brother Pastor, I, I, I have to give up something good to in order to do what God wants? Yes. In the spiritual way, and, and, and that's what fasting and prayer does. Huh? It gives us the power to bring our natural emotions and feeling this body it allows us to bring this body under subjection and yes sometimes sometimes we got to give up something good in order to do what god wants and my brothers and sisters each each person um special duties, each individual special duties. Um, they require 
self-denial. Huh? Each person's special duties determine the discipline. It determines the discipline and self-denial that he or she must accept. Um, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I, I can't, well, I could, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to read all the scriptures to you. But if you just look at verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, chapter, verses 1 through 12. Actually, that whole 12th chapter, but I'm, I'm going to just pick out some. Look at that whole 12th chapter, all right? And really, it brings about to us, to the believer, the test of the Spirit's control over our lives. Huh? So Paul writes, and he brings it up in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 1. It begins, he says, um, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. The word ignorant simply means unlearned. I would not have you ignorant. He talks about when we, before we got saved, we, we, we were Gentiles being carried away into these dumb idols. The, the Corinthian church was a mega, a mega city. It was huge. The Corinthian church, it was settled in a, a place to where there was traffic coming from all kinds of different directions, bringing in commerce into this city. And they were people from so many different nationalities. And there was a church that was birthed out in the city of Corinth. And in this city, um, it was preached out and people were getting saved in this city. But when they got saved, they came from these various backgrounds and they were bringing all of these other things with them. Put a pin there. Listen here, my brothers and sisters, when you get saved, it does not erase how you was born. It does not erase the things that you grew up with. Some of the, some of the, the what we call old wives tales, some of the things that we were taught from a child. It doesn't erase salvation, does not erase all of that. What salvation does, it enlightens us and brings us into the truth. Huh? So Paul was saying, listen here, we were Gentiles carried away after these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus a curse. Now, he talks about that, and he, and he brings in about that you, you can't talk about Jesus in a negative way. You cannot say that he's not the Son of God. Huh? And he says, look at 12, chapter, verses 3b, 3b. It says, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So the test of the Spirit is the Holy Ghost. Huh? Now, my brothers and sisters, with the being baptized in the Holy Ghost, all right? There are some, now, now, now watch me. There are diversities of gifts. Huh? Now, with all of these gifts, my brothers and sisters, you're going to have to have some spiritual discipline. Huh? You're going to have to have some control, gain some habits, and some routines that we must maintenance our spiritual man, huh? 
Why? Because if you look at verses 4 from that 1 Corinthians 12 chapter, verses 4 through 10. I want to jump at verse 7. I hope you're writing these down. Verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I want you to underline that. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to what or to whom? Every person to profit. Huh? Now, there's a breakdown. So, the test of being spirit controlled, we must have discipline. Why? Because spiritual discipline focuses on our spiritual goals. All right? Now, Without a goal, discipline is nothing but self-punishment. Let me say it again. My brothers and sisters, my faith family, without a goal, discipline is nothing but self-punishment. You're just punishing yourself if there's no goal. You done fasted, we done prayed, huh? You, we, we, we killed this flesh. But now, without a goal, all you did was just punish yourself, huh? So, with the goal, and God gives us that goal, listen to me well, with the goal and the goal that we should have every day, Every day that God blesses us to see a new day, our goal should be, I want to please God. Hallelujah, Jesus. That should be our goal each and every day. I want to be found pleasing God. Are you listening? So, our sacrifices that we have, or have undergird or went through. Nothing that we do, my brothers and sisters, can compare. The Bible said whatever we do, it does not compare to the glory that we are about to receive. So we must have spiritual discipline. Huh? When you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, do you have that? Turn, turn with me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, verses 7 through 10. When you have that, just say amen. Okay? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. He says, this is the instruction for a true teacher that's teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching God's word. He says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. The word exercise, well, well we're back. <laughs> we're back at training now. Watch me. We, broke, we, we begin with about training, running the race, right? So it says, exercise, this is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For what? Verse 8, for bodily exercise profits little. Well, let, let's put a pin there. For some that says, well, listen, I, I don't need to exercise. Bible didn't say don't exercise. It clearly says that bodily exercise profits little. It does profit. 
But there's three parts to man, body, soul, and spirit. So as we need to exercise the natural body, we must, my brothers and sisters, we must exercise our spiritual man. Huh? So he says, for bodily exercise, probably little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Huh? Having promise of the of life, of the life that now is, huh? And of that which is to come. So it says, and he goes on now. First of all, don't waste your time. Don't waste time arguing over foolish ideas and silly myths. But you ought to be spending our time and energy. Let me say time and energy. You know it takes energy to live holy. It takes energy to do what the Lord is requiring of us. My brother said you just can't just be laying down and just like just laid back. It takes work. It takes spiritual discipline. Huh? So it takes time and energy. Now in the exercise, if we want to keep ourselves in the exercise, exercising our spiritual man will keep us spiritually fit. Prayer and fasting is an exercise that is excellent. And, and I said uh, during the fast and consecration, we need to be exercising our spiritual muscles. We need to be flexing our spiritual muscles. Now, if my brothers and sisters, if we're going to speak life, in 2023, we must flex our spiritual muscles. We must exercise them. This is what um, was told in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Now, bodily exercise, now listen, it's, it is all right. And all of us needs that, and especially the older you get. We do need that. This is something that I, I ran across because... When you get to a certain age, you know, everyone's telling you, how oh, you need to, uh, you know, when you get to a certain age, uh, uh, especially when you get close to 65 or 65 and up, they even give you free memberships to uh, gyms and whatnot because they want the older people to exercise. Now, I've been, now this might be humorous, but I've been told more in the last five months about exercising that I've ever had in my life. I've been told more in these five months. I'm getting close to 65, yes. In just in less than 90 days, I'll be 65. And I've been told more and more about exercising. They want the older people to exercise. And, and you know, it makes sense. And let me tell you why. Now, it, this is a revelation. It, it, it came to me. And I know it's true. Do you not know that God did not make our bodies to be dormant? Every function of the human body, God made these bodies to work. And when you don't work them, your body fights against itself. Huh? Yes, the natural body will fight against itself and then things start breaking down. When you don't exercise. Huh? Now, bodily exercise does profit some. We can spend a lot of time with the physical man. But as much energy that we place in the physical man, my brothers and sisters, we must take that to another level and apply it to our spiritual man. We must have spiritual discipline. If you receive that, come on and praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. 
spiritual exercise is much more important, you know. And my brothers and sisters, spiritual exercises is like a, it is like a tonic, you know, for all of us. So exercise, we must exercise ourselves spiritually. And we must practice. Listen here. God has placed us in authority. Listen to me well. God has placed us in authority, especially the man with the head. And since we are a leader, huh? God has placed us there. So we must exercise and we must practice huh, in being a better leader. That's going to help us now, and that's going to help us in the life to come, right? Now, in chapter 4 and verse 2 in 1 Timothy, I want to look at the conscience, the conscience of man. Conscience is a little, well, let's see, I don't know, conscience is, a little understood human in being endowed with the in, in endowment. It's a little understood human endowment. And I think and I was looking at the Greek word means um, for conscience is to know with. The Greek word for conscience is to know with. So the idea is that the conscience is a moral faculty of perception which operates within the human spirit to aid us in making decisions. Have you ever said, uh, well, people talk about their conscience. My, my conscience is bothering me. My conscience is hurting me. Okay? So it, it, it helps us to operate um, in our human body. Now, however, now, now watch this now. You will never see, listen to me well, my brothers and sisters, you will never see the conscience operate in isolation by itself. It's just not hanging there by itself. The conscience is never just hanging by itself. So what does the conscience do? It operates in the context where it's placed at. So if the context, if that context is the world, then the context um, or the conscience becomes distorted. Hmm? And if your conscience becomes distorted because of the world, then it can only rely upon the world. But the Bible talks about being sheared with a hot iron. Huh? So then, if it's seared with the hot iron, then your conscience will become insensitive to the things of God. So that's why fasting and praying brings our bodies and mind under subjection so our spiritual man can grow. Our spiritual man can come alive. Huh? So let's see here. When the scripture says, and it's clear, be not conformed to this world. But you be transformed by the renewing of your mind that we may prove what? Three things. Prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is God's perfect will. That's where God wants us at. Huh? So let's see here. So on the other hand, the conscience functions within the context of the word of God when that spiritual man has been renewed. 
and the Holy Ghost comes in, and this is what we can find out in 1 Corinthians, that chapter 10, and he talks about the gifts were tested through the Holy Ghost. Our spiritual man is, is tested. Uh, and so when, when, when we understand that, uh, when we are spirit-led, let me say spirit-led, when we are spirit-led, the conscience that is molded in the world and the world's concept, it comes and it gets distorted. But when the conscience is under the blood, help me say under the blood, when we bring our minds and body under subjection, now our conscience becomes useful now because it is aware of the things of God. See, until we're born again, the natural man cannot understand the spiritual things of God. Huh? There's no, listen to me, listen. There's no way in the world that your natural man can survive and strive or strive and survive when it's spiritless. We must be led by the spirit of God. Listen, what does the Bible say? I hear the Bible talking to me. They that are led by the spirit of God, not by your conscience. But they that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Huh? So, let's see here. When we are in the will of God, then we become useful and then you start wanting to take your spiritual walks with God. Let's, let's look at the scripture. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that God came in the cool of the day and he talked with Adam. God communed with Adam. Relationship. Adam walks in the garden. Adam is taking a spiritual stroll in, in the garden. God is communicating with him. My brothers and sisters, listen. Adam, now, now listen to me well, praise Jesus. Adam did not have to be spiritual. Adam did not have to be spiritual. Why? God already made him spiritual. Adam was made spiritual when God breathed into him and he became a living soul. Adam did not have to repent of sin. Because Adam was made already in a holy state. Huh? Why? Adam knew no sin. Adam, watch me now. Now, now, now watch me now. Praise Jesus. Adam didn't have to fast. Adam did not have to pray. Why? Because he was already spiritual and he was taking his spiritual walks daily and God communed with him. God met him right where he was at. Why? Because there was a oneness with them. Huh? And the thing that broke that connection, the thing that broke that fellowship was not being spiritual or spiritual enough to walk away from Satan. You know the story. Eve, the serpent came and talked to Eve. Bible said he beguiled me. He, 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 he distorted what God said. He accepted what the serpent said, ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, gave it to Adam. Adam ate. That right there drove a wedge between God and man. Right then, right then, my brothers and sisters, it put a wedge between man and God. Sin. So now we have to have spiritual discipline now. We have to be born again. Not going back into our mother's womb for the second time and being birthed. Born again through the spirit of God. So let's see here. What does spiritual discipline, what does it do? What does it do for us? What does it do for us? 
spiritual discipline is pretty much self-explanatory. What does it do? It makes us spiritually fit. Spiritual discipline makes us spiritually fit. Think about this. Here's a, here's a question that I'm going to present to you tonight. Are you in shape both physically and spiritually? I wonder how, how many, how many can say, you know what, brother pastor? I'm in shape both physically and spiritually. Because listen, do you not know that? The reason I ask that question because in our society, there has been so much emphasis. Emphasis is placed on physical fitness, but not spiritual health. That's just like there's a lot of talk about physical illness. But now they're starting to talk about mental illness more. And at one time in our society, when you talked about mental illness, you really thought about somebody's being crazy. You know, the elevator is not going all the way up to all the floors that's been created. Stop someplace in there. But now they talk about mental illness as well as physical illness. But how about we talk about exercising or being physically fit? Praise Jesus. But how about being spiritually healthy? And do you not know that spirit, being spiritually healthy is really summarized in one word? Are you ready for the word? That word is godliness. When we're spiritual healthy, that word really means godliness. We have a godlike spirit. And that's more important than you can fathom. Our spiritual health is vulnerable to diseases, is vulnerable to injuries. But do you not know that faith can sustain us through all of these tragedies. So to be spiritually fit, we must develop our faith by using our God-given abilities. And especially when we are in leadership, when we have a call on our life, God has laid his hands on us and and. He is developing us hmm, to serve in our churches, in the various ministries in our churches. So when you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, my question tonight is, to, is this also. Are you developing spiritual muscles? Are you developing spiritual muscles? The fast and consecration, do you feel your spiritual biceps? Do you feel the strength in your legs? Do you, do you have that bounce back ability? Well, praise God. For the past, what are you talking about? The bounce back ability. Remember when you first got saved? Do you remember when you first got saved, how energized? how excited you were about the things of God and the move of God. Do you recall how you were? Huh? You had some, what, what do they call that? You have some, uh, when you're playing basketball, you got some what? What's that called? Some ups or? You, you had some ups. Oh, man, you could, you, you could do a Jordan and, and hang in the air. Do you, you, you recall them days? Now look at you. You're dragging. Uh, you beat up, you whipped, you wore down, no prayer life, no strength in fasting. Oh, when you come down to fasting, uh, you say, listen, 
Some of you got so deep when it came to fasting, you said, well, Jesus paid it all. What do you mean? That I shouldn't have to do it. Jesus paid it all. Don't let the devil fool you. We must become physically fit again because God has some awesome things for us. God has places, my brothers and sisters, in the position to do great things. There's some, there's a race we must win. And there's some goals that we must achieve and obtain. So look at Hebrews chapter 12 and 1. Um, you got Hebrews. Yeah, let, let, me, let, let me turn to it real quick. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Can you have it? Say amen. All right. He says, now, in the letter to the to the Hebrew church, I, I I don't know, I don't know who really wrote this epistle. It's given the credit is given to the Apostle Paul. We really don't know, but there's some similarities in in some of the writing style of Paul. I don't know, but regardless of that, it's written for us. The Bible is inspired by God and written by man, so we have it. Chapter twelve, verse one. This is Hebrews. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside what? Every weight, huh? And the sin which so, which does so easily beset us, and let us what? Run with patience the race that is set before us. Doing what? Looking, look at the word look, looking unto Jesus. Looking at Jesus, looking unto Jesus, which is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So since we have such a huge crowd of folk just looking at us, watching us from the grandstands, so the writer said, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. So let us run with what? Patience? This particular race that God has set <coughs> before us. There are so many demands. Demands are necessary to the believer. Demands are good. God demands things from us. Yes, we have, yes, we have freedom in Christ. We should have a love for the lost world. Having this love for the lost world should constrain us to really accept or assume the role of a servant. And that will bring a willingness, help me say willingness, a willingness to become all things to all people to win them. Now, watch the scripture. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. You know, Paul talks about, I become all things to all men to win some. He didn't, Paul did not participate in the things that was contrary to salvation. Paul did not participate in sin. Don't get the scriptures twisted, my brothers and sisters. Paul did not participate in the sin. But he said, I become all things to all men to win some. Huh? Got, to, got, to be, got to understand that we are here. We have been given this task, this job. So we must be spiritual, my brothers and sisters. We must be spiritual. Huh? We must have spiritual discipline. All of these things come. We must have spiritual discipline. 
So what? We have to serve the needs of people. We have to be effective in everything that we do. Huh? There, you know what? There, there is, it, there's not a dull moment. Living for God is exciting. Huh? And listen here. Well, praise Jesus. When you have a passion for the things of God, uh, uh, another word for passion means heart. When you have a heart for God, when you have a passion for the things of God, that brings excitement in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. We're flexing our spiritual muscles because God has given us the power to overcome each and everything that can come against us. Huh? Yes, yes. Paul said, I got trouble on every side, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not tripping. I just, I just use a, a slang there. Paul said, I got trouble on every side, but I, I, I ain't tripping. I got things keep coming at me, but I ain't tripping. Because I know I'm in this to win it. I'm saved to win it. I know that God is going to give me a crown, but I must, we must, my brothers and sisters, we must obtain and have spiritual discipline. Well, praise be to God. And so why? Because we must identify with people. Uh, and sometimes when you identify with people, it's going to have, you're going to have to sacrifice some of your own pleasures. And you got to, then when you do that, you, we must pour ourselves out to the Huh? Some stuff we got to give up. Some pleasures we must give up just to help somebody else out. Huh? If we're going to point them to Jesus, we have to give up some stuff. So when, when, when we look at in the scriptures, and especially Ephesians chapter four and verse eleven, I, I just I just want to pull that. Can I just pull that up real quick? In my, I have a few minutes left. Um, the Bible said, "When Jesus led captivity captive, He gave gifts unto men." Now, when you look at the Ephesians church in that fourth chapter, in that verse eleven, I, the the evangelist comes out. Um, you know, apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. When you look at the evangelist, the, the evangelist is, is, is one that who preaches good news. They were men with supernatural gifts. Each of the ministries, you'll find chapter 4 and verse 11, and, and, and that, that, that's actually, that is... Um, our um, model here for Miracle Central, that, that, that is what we stand on, is verse 11 or verse 12 for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen, we must understand we must be spiritual can't make yourself spiritual. Some, some people, they, listen, some people, and I, I understand it, I recognize, I see it, and some of you do too. Some people try to be spiritual. But my brothers and sisters, you don't have to try to be spiritual. You can just be like Mike, just do it. Huh? God has empowered us to be spiritual. The prophet Joel said it. Joel 2 and 28. In the last days, the prophecy was spoken. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Spiritual. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men will what? Dream dreams. Young men will be like, praise God, um, Isaiah. Isaiah's nickname, we call him the eagle-eyed prophet. He could see down through time. Huh? 
Old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. Look at the power of God. We should be flexing our spiritual muscles. We must have spiritual discipline. All right? Listen, listen. Every, for every call and the purpose of these, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and pastor. If you notice, verse 11 says, some. Well, I, I don't want to get on my soapbox on that one. Put, put a pin there. Some means every man that gets saved is not a preacher. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with it because it's like every time that a, a, a brother gets saved, he a preacher. He gonna be a preacher. That ain't what the scripture says. He gave some, meaning there everybody won't be a preacher. Everybody won't be a pastor, huh? Not a prophet, not a pastor or teachers. These are gifts. So, but each of these have an anointing. There is a different anointing upon all what we call the fivefold ministry. There is a special anointing on each of these offices. And let me let me say something else while, 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 I'm, while I'm here in Ephesians chapter 4. When we have, since we have these gifts, they are not for us to profit ourselves. Each of these, somebody else ought to be, ought to be profiting. Huh? Our ministries, our gifts is for the perfecting of the saints. Look at, look at the text. Huh? And then how we hold, we hold these conversations and whatnot. We, the church belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to one person. Even we, we serve in the church of God in Christ and it's the ecclesiastical order. Hmm? Yes, yes, there's an order we have. But the people belong to God. They don't belong to one person. The church is God's. We are here to occupy. And since the church is so great, and look at the abilities that we have spiritually so, do you really think that you can navigate and move without being spiritual? My brothers and sisters, it doesn't work like that. God wants us to have spiritual discipline for what cause and what reason? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity. Huh? We come into the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto what? This is verse 13. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me bring 14 in. And so that way we won't be no more children tossed to and fro, carried away with every wind of doctrine, by the slide of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. That's why we have to praise God. We have to have spiritual discipline. The enemy's not playing with us. He's not playing with us. You're stronger than what you think you are. God has equipped us to do mighty things through Christ. And so we must have spiritual discipline. My brothers and sisters, in, in I think I got one minute left. Let, let, let me close with this point. This is going to be good. Spiritual discipline strips away all the extras. Hmm? The extra stuff. You know that that extra stuff, and this is my doxology. The extra stuff is the stuff that's not pleasing in the eyes of God. The extra stuff is the hindrances day in and day out. 
the extra stuff is you trying to move and shake, but there's no spirit. You're trying to sing without an anointing. You're trying to preach without an anointing. You're trying to do administrative work without an anointing. Huh? You're trying to do the things of God without an anointing. When we are spiritual and have spiritual discipline, it will strip away all of this extra stuff. You know, some people, they look like they're extra, don't they? And when you're spiritual, God will strip all of these extra things away. Well, I pray we said something tonight through the lesson. I pray that it would encourage you. Listen, it's time to flex our spiritual muscles and be a partaker and embrace spiritual discipline. So may the Lord bless you. May God smile upon you. Until the next time, if it's the Lord's will, meet us again, again with living the word.